We often don't realize that we are the key to our own happiness and that happiness starts with healing and transformation. Whether you need healing, guidance, clarity, understanding, or just some honest sister talk to feel connected, heard, and supported, you are welcome and safe here. So join the conversation and be healed. Welcome to Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Ross Kincaid. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Soul Healing Conversations. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all are doing well today and are having a great week. We are in October as of tomorrow. Can you all believe that we are almost done <laughs> with 2020, y'all? We, we have been through it and we're in the we're almost, you know, in the final stretch. We're almost there. But I don't know. I got a feeling that some of this is going to continue because it's only the beginning. It just feels like only the beginning to me. So anyway, if you guys hear, uh, if you like what you hear today and you'd like to work with me one-on-one, then you can book a session with me at roskincaid.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Soul Healing with Roz. And soon you'll be able to connect with me on YouTube. That's right. Spirit is pulling me in a new direction, in a new exciting direction for 2021. I've got a lot of things cooking and a lot of planning to do, a lot of ideas. So you guys stay tuned to learn more about all those things that I'm cooking up that are coming up over the next few months. So keep your ears and eyes open. You never know what I might come through with. <laughs> so also, if you're a business owner and you're interested in advertising on the show, then uh, that information is also on my website under the radio show menu on the homepage. So you guys, so tomorrow... Uh, is the full moon in Aries, October 1st. And I think it turns full actually at just after five or maybe before six o'clock tomorrow, Eastern time. Um, y'all remember, first of all, put your crystals out, get get everything cleansed and charged. But also keep in mind that this is Mars energy. And if you guys uh, listen to the episode with Miss Astrology, Juanika Dunn, you know, stay clear of the drama. This is the time to peace out <laughs> and take a break, rest from all the all the rah-rah and the warring and, and the fighting and the drama and just rest. But also, this full moon is going to be a great, great time of release, as is all full moons. But particularly, um, and I've seen this coming up in um, some of my practice coaching sessions and even even my own coaching sessions that I have to do for my certification class is that a lot of self-limiting beliefs are coming to the surface. And if you want if you if you don't do anything else for this full moon, take some time to bring to your mind all of the things, all of the fears, the the limiting narratives that hold you back Get those things down on paper and let those things go. You know, you may have to, you, may, you might, might not take one full moon. I don't know. But you may need to do some extra work. You may need to do a little coaching with me. I don't know. But if you if you do, you know how to reach me. But do take advantage of the energy that we are embarking upon um, this week and let it go. Let it go. Know that you are created in in the image of source, God, whatever the word is for you, you have that in you. You come from source and you are just as great. All right. So listen, we've got a lot to get into today. So let me not delay any longer. So um, 
I was recently a guest on Danielle Waldman's pod, uh, podcast, Back to Being, and she asked me my thoughts on so uh, spiritual appropriation. And for me, I see spiritual appropriation just a little bit differently than cultural appropriation, although I do believe that they are tied together. So I thought it'd be a great topic to address on today's show. Um, I'm not sure how many of you listening are familiar with the topic, so my hope today is that you become enlightened or educated enough to to form your own opinion or your own belief on the subject. So with that said, I'm very excited. Joining me in conversation today, you guys, is Dr. Carol James Bouse. You guys, Carol and I actually are classmates in our uh, coaching certification program. And as soon as she introduced herself to the class in August, I immediately felt drawn to her. It was as if she was an old friend that I had known from another lifetime, but I just couldn't explain it. And y'all, this lady is so accomplished, yet she is so humble. She's always learning, even though she knows so much already. She's an author, an educator. She's a neo-shamanic practitioner and shamanic life coach. She's the founder of the Institute of Esoteric Psychology, which is an international multidisciplinary forum for shared research, education, and dialogue in the areas of expanded consciousness, consciousness studies, uh, anomalous uh, phenomena and experiences, transpersonal psychology, and alternative spiritualities. Through her research and teachings, Dr. Baus developed the Phoenix Phenomenon Program, which is actually a two-part synergistic system of shamanic coaching, online classes, and workshops that are based on a Jungian uh, template that allows her participants to discover the answers to the questions within themselves related to your soul's identity, your life's purpose, all of those large questions that we, we need to feel like we're making an impact or that we have identity in the world. So Dr. Bouse is also uh, the author of Neo-Shamanic, oh, excuse me, Neo-Shamanism and Mental Health, as well as the Transgenerational Colonialism that will be, um, oh no, that will be um, published or released, I believe, in um, 2021. So you guys, with that said, let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Carol. How are you? I'm great, Ross. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So let's kind of get into it. So talk to us. Get, give the people a little bit of background about yourself. Tell us, tell us about yourself and how you progressed to this point in your life. You know, I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I really had no master plan. That's an honest um, answer. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, I've, I've gone through my entire life going, hmm, yeah, that feels right. I think I'm going to do that now. Uh, and it's gotten me into some really fascinating things. Um, usually, I don't end up where I thought I was going to end up, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And um, yeah, I just kind of went with the flow and still do that. So, so. Uh, Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask. So, do you do you like some other most other people? Do you have um, some uh, lineage of um, psychic ability or mediumship abilities or or strong intuition in your family lineage? Uh, definitely, <clears throat> definitely from the Scots and the Irish side mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, 
my one of my great grandmothers was also Russian Orthodox, so I think that kind of explains my uh, pyrotechnic tendencies. <laughs> uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's. Um, I, I mean, I've just always been the way I am since I was a kid. I have always. Um, Never believed what anybody told me. Mm-hmm. I always went finding my own answers. Um, I always ended up getting into things I probably shouldn't have been getting into. And um, but I needed to know. Um, I, it, I I've always been uh, very imaginative. I've um, I mean, from my father and his whole side of the family, um, the unseen was always something that was there. Uh, If I said I saw a ghost, uh, nobody said, oh, that was just your imagination or that was just a dream. Wow. I was going to ask you that if if, if that was your natural curiosity into the spiritual world, was that something that your family supported or if that was uh, something that they kind of tried to, you know, tuck away and suppress for you, but clearly nobody questioned it. No, they didn't. I mean, when I, as I got older, my father kind of steered me towards a little bit of discretion on shooting my mouth off about it uh, because I had to learn that most people don't agree with that. And, um, of course, studying psychology, I came to learn that that will get you assessed and diagnosed and placed on the schizophrenia spectrum mm-hmm. faster than anything. Um, because the psychological paradigm right now is if it is with if it is not within a certain set of parameters, it is dysfunctional, it is disordered, and it's pathologized, mm. so, which is really kind of difficult for an increasing number of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very unfortunate that you know that paradigm is badly antiquated. And and it hasn't doesn't seems to have doesn't seem to have evolved much at all. And so, you know, it's interesting that for someone who, uh, you know, is so spiritual and so curious with spiritualism and spiritual practices that you went the direction into psychology. What what was it that, you know, wanted you to take your natural ability, your natural curiosity about spirit and spiritualism? into the field of psychology. I'm that that's always interesting to me when I find someone like you. (laughs) (laughs) Why did she do that? Um, Well, I guess it kind of stemmed from um, my work with Michael Harner Mm -hmm. um, and shamanism uh, because I always did a lot of weird stuff. And, um, when I was studying opera, which I did for a number of years, mm-hmm. um, my voice teacher uh, basically told a lot of her students, "You, in order to be a good singer, you really have to know yourself. And she was into psychology and a lot of self-help type of stuff mm-hmm. and recommended therapy. And um, I resisted for a while, and then she recommended a uh therapist um, in D.C. This is when I was living in D.C. who Mm -hmm. was a, actually he was a singer. He was a tenor in the uh, National, uh, Washington National Opera Chorus. Um, And I went to him 
and liked him immediately. He won my trust when he mentioned that he had he had received his doctorate in psychology from uh, Cal Berkeley, mm-hmm. and that his um, fieldwork was with the Inuit. And um, I really kept a lot of stuff, a lot of the stuff I saw, a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the phenomena that I, mm-hmm. the anomalous phenomena that I encountered um, to myself because I didn't want people to think I was nuts. And um, he kind of teased it out of me uh, through a lot of dream work and other things. Mm-hmm. And one day he came in to an appointment with a stack of articles on shamanism and uh, information putting me in contact with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, he said, I studied with the Inuit. I know this when I see it. This is what you have to pursue. Wow. He said, because if you don't, he said, it's going to bite you in the butt. Mm-mm. And he also said that if, you, if, that if I had went, gone to any other therapist in the D.C. area, he said, girl, they would have had you on the schizophrenia spectrum so fast See? that you would have been institutionalized and medicated. Wow. And I thought, well, now. <laughs> yeah. So thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Talk thank about God. dodging a bullet, right? Right. Wow. And so, now we have this gym that is you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's a yeah, it, it just sort of evolved. And I was fortunate I was able to uh do some uh intense uh study with uh Harner before he quit teaching. Mm-hmm. And um it's it just it took what I had and taught me how to use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and listen, that is that is everybody's situation. You already we already have innately what we have. <laughs> the yes. gift, you know? Yes. We just need to learn how to use it. That is what that is, you know what that is part of what we're here on earth to do is to use the 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 innate God-given gifts that we already have, how to use them and how to use them properly and effectively. Absolutely. And so um, I want to I get into today's topic about spiritual appropriation and kind of how that plays into using what you got and thinking that you don't have something and you, go look, you know, looking around for what you think you need. But so on a basic level or in general, what what is your definition or, or help us to understand what spiritual appropriation is? It's not a. It's not an easy definition, Ross, mm-hmm. um, because it is. It means different things to different people, right? Okay. Uh, for example, is pizza cultural appropriation? Mm. Okay. Um, spiritual appropriation is. I think we all do it a little bit uh, while we're searching if we're seeking, if we're trying to find some answers or a system that may have some answers for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, if it's done with respect, uh, if it's done with a sense of learning and it's done with a sense of, I can take this belief, which resonates with my own innate beliefs that mirrors it or enhances it, Mm -hmm. um, that's not spiritual appropriation. Um, 
it is, I think it's a spiritual honoring, sort of like pizza, not to mm-hmm. a, a real mundane um, spin on it. But if, if, it's, if it can enhance your life and it's true and it's done with honoring the tradition without, but without losing your own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one thing, okay, let's, let's look at earth-centered spirituality, which you see in the Celtic religions, you mm-hmm. see it in the ancient religions of Europe, it's all over. Um, but the only real model that we in this country have for it are Native Americans. Right, okay. right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think a lot of people have learned a lot and were interested in, have been interested in Native American traditions, Native American cosmology, Native American um, ways of being in the world, of interacting with, with spirit. Um, and we learn from that. I've, I've done it just simply because it's there and you can learn from it and you can honor it and you can say, wow, this is a very strong and deep and beautiful, beautiful way of looking at life, of being in the world, of honoring earth and spirit that I resonate with, but it also has resonance in my own Celtic mm-hmm. background. Um. And I honor that, but I am not Native American. Right. Right. I, I did not give myself a Native American name. I do not make up Native American ancestry. <laughs> 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 um, mm. <laughs> uh, but I, I respect and cherish that part of the tradition that is resonant with me. And um, just leave it at that. Right. That to me is not spiritual appropriation. Right. Right. Uh, You know what? I think where it becomes problematic is that when you, when you do go to explore these different practices, it's it's just like you said, there's a, if there's a lack of respect and you and I were talking about this before the show off air, there's a, if there's a lack of respect and no, understanding or no regard for the history or the origin and you're trying to I don't know I don't know the right word to say but I feel like I want to say pimping it out yeah <laughs> no you, I think that's that's true you, you got know, it. Good th- th- that's a problem that's not that's not only a problem on uh on a 3d level but that's a problem in the spirit oh absolutely Absolutely. And it's, um, I agree with you 100% on that. And when it really gets bad is when it's commercialized. Yes. Oh, yes. And, mm. and, and this, this kind of goes back to this, this instant uh, fast food kind of spirituality mm-hmm. um, and fads. And I mean, it's, it's like, I'm sorry, you've seen me. Okay, how ridiculous would I look dressed up in feathers? Yeah, I'm. I, you and I would have to have a conversation. I'm like, hey, what are you would doing? We? Oh, you're going to be trashing my fashion sense. Like, what, what are you doing? This. Okay, uh, but no, I mean that. That's that's exactly what you see, and and people that that take on this great um, do one 
or two weekend workshops and all of a sudden they have all the answers and they put on this big act. And sometimes it's not even good theater. It's just stupid. Right. Now, listen, now, now for my audience listening, we are not knocking people who genuinely um, evolve into what is natural in their lineage or what they naturally um, connect with. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about this overt uh, uh, facade or pretending or adoption of uh, a cult, you know, spirituality that bleeds over into culture that you know is 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 not doesn't fit. Y- y'all know what we're talking about. We are not bashing any anybody yeah. who likes to wear feathers or, ca- or or you know likes to collect dream catchers or whatever the case may be. That is not what we're saying. <laughs> no, that is. That, thank you, Roz. It is. I'm sorry if it came out like that. It was um, there. I was kind of thinking when I was talking about a. Um, an article that was written in 2000, I forget the name of the person um, that wrote it, but it was um, talking about the the way that the New Age movement had, um, the commercial aspects of the New Age movement had really kind of, um, as you said, pimped out a lot of Native American spirituality. Mm -hmm. And uh, people got into it because it was cool and there were people who made a lot of money that were not Native Americans and did not treat the tradition. Um, There was someone who wrote a series of books that were fiction books um, that were allegedly, they were fiction, but they were presented as being autobiographical. And this person wrote it as an autobiography. And there, I mean, they were good reads. I mean, they were exciting and all of this. Um, but it turns out that she was she was taking the words of people that she had met mm-hmm. doing interviews for this book she was writing mm-hmm. and turning them into characters in the book and that she had this close relationship with them and she had been through all of these things and she was a, she was a great medicine person and uh, all about her adventures in um, in the spirit world. And finally, some the group of people uh, did a class action lawsuit against her. Uh oh. And uh, even after that, she was still doing workshops, um, charging an insane amount of money for a weekend. And that at the end of which, if I remember her promise, I will initiate you into the ways of shamanism. How the? Mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> see, see, even my my reaction to you even sharing that. I mean, like, really, how, how though, how, how can you do that? Uh, you know, when people do that, it just, you know, it cheapens. And I've used this term before. It, it, it cheapens and, and not invalidates, but it just messes with the integrity of the practice. And sometimes it, it, it brings a bad light on the culture from which the practice came. Like, come on, y'all. We, we got to stop doing this kind of stuff. Well, people are people are desperate. And again, I think it's a societal thing because our culture, our dominant culture is based on materialism. Yeah, this is true. And there is a lot of rootlessness and disconnection from the earth, from spirit, from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people don't know where to turn. And they, this is the way they've been reinforced that it's okay to act. 
Mm. And they don't they don't think beyond their own boundaries. They don't think about the long view and they don't certainly don't think about the impact on other people. And that's very commercializing and exploitation is a lot different than learn honestly learning about another tradition, another culture, and in an honorable and respectful way, honoring that resonance that you have through your culture with them. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't add or take away anything from that. So, you know, there are some people out here who believe that spirituality and some of these spiritual practices belong to no one. Right. And and before we go to go to break um, and we may can, probably can pick this up after the break too here in a few minutes. But what do you say to the person who believes that spirituality doesn't belong to any one person or any one group of people? I'd say that's their opinion and they're welcome to it. <laughs> God bless them, huh? <laughs> Really, bless their hearts. I mean, <laughs> just that's fun. good luck to them. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's nothing you can say. There's More power to them. So you got it, girl. <laughs> you sound like my grandmother. More power to them. I God bless them. Good luck. <laughs> that's your opinion. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh man, this is this is this is what we need to be addressing. Because in the in the society of privilege, <laughs> you know, um, we we really need to do our part as people of the spiritual community to, I don't want to say police, but start holding people accountable for some of the 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 sidestepping or some of the appropriation or misappropriation, whichever term you want to use. We have to start holding uh, the community accountable for. Um, misusing, mm-hmm. you know, the spirituality or spiritual practices, and so we can't we can't allow this kind of stuff to get out of hand. And again, it's not about policing people or slapping people on the hand, but first and foremost, bringing an awareness that this stuff really does exist. It's not just cultural; it's it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, some people may argue that um. Uh, even practicing Reiki uh, can be seen as as a form of spiritual appropriation. And, and I would agree to an extent, especially if you haven't um, t- done the due diligence to study, you know, study uh, Takata, study Yusui, study, you know, who, who you know, what the other forms and where that comes from. You know, that's why I'm I'm reluctant to, you know, teach some people uh, Reiki online. And, and not because it's being done online, but because I feel like you, I don't know, some, something about that format, I, I, I I'm, I'm working through it, but I, I, I need to, there's a need for me to make sure that you know your history with, with where this practice comes from. And that you, you know, before you get your attunement and go out here, start practicing on yourself, start practicing on people, you, you have a history, a background and a full knowledge of what you're getting into. And you need to sit in that just for a little bit. Well, you also have to examine your motivations and examine, yes. and examine yourself. And that's what most people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, that's a bad statement. A lot of people don't want to do that because it's 
want its work. And secondly, I think people are afraid of what they're going to find there. Mm. And if you don't, if you can't get that out of the way, if you can't see that, take it out, look at it, put it in perspective, what Jung would call become the individuated self, it's a recipe for disaster when you get into some of these spiritual systems. Mm. And on that note, Carol, we're going to need to take a quick two-minute break. You guys sit tight. Uh, Dr. Baus and I are going to be right back with more on spiritual appropriation. You have a passion, and from that passion, you've created a business. But how do you market and grow that business? Hi, I'm Emily of Shine Coaching and Consulting. I specialize in brand identity, website design, marketing consulting, and business coaching. I create a visual expression of my clients' ideas and help them develop a business strategy to meet their goals. Connect with me today at shinecoachingandconsulting.com. Be inspired. Be real. Be you. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You are tuned in to Soul Healing Conversations. If you would like to reach Roz Kincaid or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to hello at rozkincaid.com. Now, back to Soul Healing Conversations. Welcome back to Soul Healing Conversations. I'm your host, Roz Kincaid, and joining me in conversation today is Dr. Carol Baus. So, Carol, before the break, um, we were talking a little bit about um, about people who don't believe that spirituality belongs to one person or one group. And, you know, you know, people can have that opinion. But, you know, we also talked about a little bit of the cultural aspect of spiritual appropriation. Can you share your thoughts on how um, spiritual appropriation can translate into quote unquote cultural theft? Oh boy, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
I think I think it has to do with identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our spiritual orientation is really one of the major filters, uh, one of our major lenses, mm-hmm. how we perceive ourselves and how we are in the world, how we interact with the world outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And therefore, a lot of indigenous and traditional cultures, and when I say traditional cultures, I'm not just limiting that to um, Native Americans or African tribes or mm-hmm. like the Ainu in Japan who have been so isolated. Um, but even some of the organized religions um, in that, for example, Judaism mm-hmm. is a an organized world religion. It's a very old religion, but it has its culture ingrained and enmeshed in the spirituality. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and much of the Old Testament and much of the Jewish tradition is based on their history and their culture that is carried forward even now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <clears throat> and therefore, when you have a situation, for example, with Native Americans, I keep bringing them up just simply because I think we're all familiar with them mm-hmm. uh, because they're here and their presence is very, very strong here. Um, they have a culture that reflects their spiritual beliefs. Hmm. Uh, and therefore, if someone were to resonate with and feel a desire to connect with those beliefs, they begin to identify. It becomes an identifying lens. Mm-hmm. And never mind that it's a lens that is somewhat modified by the other cultural and personal history uh, aspects that would would skew it because they did not grow up in that culture. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm tracking. Okay, good. Okay, so then it becomes a cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. If... To me, it does not, and this is just me, okay, based on what I've studied and what I've observed, is that if you, if someone can honorably and respectfully resonate with something from another culture, another spiritual tradition, but retain their identity, um, then it's not appropriation. But it's when you start, you're start, you're trying to be something you're not. Yeah. That's when it becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you start to shift your whole identity. So it's, it's like, for example, me, I'm, I'm going to use the Reiki okay. uh, example again. So it's like me studying Reiki and... Now I want to change the way I dress. Mm-hmm. Now I want to change my name. Mm-hmm. 
and deny my whole uh, uh, identity as an, an African-American or, or, or a woman of African or even Native American descent and just start adopting ways of being and living that are Japanese. Now, mind you, I may have some Japanese in, in my family, <laughs> but but it is when you change your whole look and your whole identity down from head to toe, mm-hmm. then it and, and you know and I don't know, it's a real problem. I, I, I we keep saying that, but I I don't know what else to say. It's a real problem. You're 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 taking something that is. Not really yours. It's I, I don't know. It's it's not really of you. Mm-hmm. But then some people would argue, aren't we all one? We we you know aren't aren't we all from the same place? We all we all come from the same place. We're we're all you know um we're all we all come from one one source. We all come from one place. It, life originated in this one area, and from it came civilization. We're all one, right? Yeah, I've heard that argument, um, and I'm not sure that we're not. But we somewhere along the line we diverged, and different cultures arose, and they became they became lenses. Transgenerationally, those things are still in us. Yeah, we were all tribal at one time. Right. We were all hunter gatherers at Mm -hmm. one time. We all, I mean, religions were a way of interfacing with the mystery, the world beyond and its its citizens Mm -hmm. and connecting with the earth and interfacing, negotiating if necessary with these forces to keep the tribe safe, to keep the, the children fed and keep illness away and right. keep uh, animal, you know, wild animals away. Unless you were hunting them for food, then you would ask for them to bring you the food. Mm-hmm. But it was a way of intercession for the, with the spirit world by the tribe. And usually it was the shaman who traditionally was able to be the ambassador, the liaison with the spirit world for healing, for knowledge, for uh, supplication, mm-hmm. for um, making sure that the, the survival needs of the tribe were met. We all have that. We all have it. And um, as civilization, in quotes, progressed, um, we it 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 changed from that and religions became enmeshed with the state and mm-hmm. religions became uh, a means of social control to a large extent hmm. and um you went from an imminent divinity where there everything is sacred and People are, and we are part, as humans, we are part of creation and therefore have the divine within us, which is a Quaker belief, which is 
amazing. And it really answers the question, why was George Fox persecuted in 17th century Britain? Uh, he was the founder. This was not a popular <laughs> idea. Right. Um, but it, it, as, as we became sedentary agricultural communities and then got into villages and as it progressed through industrialization and nationalization and all of these things that make up our so-called history, the imminence of divinity evaporated to the belief in a transcendent divinity of a creator, and I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I'm sure I am because I always do, uh, a creator that was separate from creation and that creation was below the divinity. There was no divinity in creation. It was basically the trash heap, but we were here to take care of it um, just a little bit because our true reward comes after we die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you, what we're seeing now, uh, particularly post-Reformation, is, and what we've got, this mess we've got right now with the environment and society, uh, society and everything is the, we're reaping the whirlwind that was sown so many centuries and centuries ago in our so-called evolution um, that we're, we're totally disconnected. We're disconnected from the earth. We're disconnected from, from the divine, from spirit, and we're disconnected from each other. So, so does it, does it make sense that, spiritual appropriation is something that could be keeping us divided? I think in a way it does. I think that there, there are commonalities between spirituality, which again, spirituality just being, you know, having a cultural component. We've yeah. already established that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a fine line, Roz, yeah. because I think that different cultures and different spiritualities need to be honored and need to be respected. Mm-hmm. But we all have to work together because we're all sitting here on the Titanic. You're right. And it's like, you know, when the levee breaks, it doesn't matter whether the person next to you is a different uh, color or creed or religion or national origin or culture, all you want to make sure is that they can get that sandbag into your hands fast enough so you can get it to the next person fast enough so they, we, you know, people have a prayer of not being flooded out. Yes. Perfect. Like when, like when, when it all comes down to it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But, but if you're going to do it, do it right. Explore the right way. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, integrate it the right way. Exactly. With no, I, I, yes. I, and I think that, you know, we can we can overcome disappropriation with with some respect and honor. It, start, it starts with basic respect. And, and that's just on a on a human level. And so with that said, um, I was uh, reading about. I think I was watching a um actually watching a video on Mind Valley and uh the topic of anthrocentrism came up. 
and for those of you that aren't familiar with the term, um, anthrocentrism is that one one race or culture is there. There's like this idea that, um, or the belief that um, there's this inherent superiority of one's own ethnic group or culture. You know, um, kind of like white privilege or even black pr- privilege. And so my question for you, Carol, is how does anthrocentrism relate to spiritual appropriation? Well, it's a it's a byproduct of colonialism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, um, oh, let me take my favorite group, the British. I'm sorry, I'm speaking as a lady of Scots and Irish descent. <laughs> uh, I've got some transgenerational issues around this. Uh, but... Um, it's this idea that, that a specific group is superior and therefore they can take whatever they want from anybody else. And it's fine. It's perfectly okay. Um, and and it's, so it becomes an exploitation. It becomes spiritual exploitation. It becomes cultural exploitation. And isn't that quaint? And, oh, doesn't that make us feel like we're so superior? <laughs> because we know better. Ooh, I want to cuss right now. <laughs> I'll go for it. That's bullshit. You know, it, it oh. really is. <laughs> it is. I mean, it like, is. like seriously, like y'all, we we anything you can't. That that is not the way to live. That is not the way to live. If 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 we are going to get to this place of harmony, of peace, of um, you know. Just harmony and peace, yeah, and and believing that yours is better than mine, and you know you you can take whatever you want. Like this is ridiculous. It's it's out. It's completely out of hand. Mm-hmm. It's completely out of hand. And 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 what I can't understand is that from from a, a, a black woman's perspective, how is it that you can look down upon? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say it. How is it that you can look down upon a culture, a race, a, a spiritual practice that you brought over here and that you and I'm saying in general, not you in particular, Dr. Bouse, <laughs> but but you colonial person from way back when you stole and brought over here and kidnapped and brought over here. And, and now what we're doing you know, we. I, I feel like if it had not been for that, there wouldn't be culture. If 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 it wasn't for Native Americans, if it wasn't for uh, Polynesian uh, people, Hawaiian people, Indigenous people, Black people, African people, Caribbean people, you know, there wouldn't be uh, this this uh, a colorful uh, melting pot of. Of, of soup of spiritualism and practices and stuff and but but it's the same thing that you know you want to frown upon and look down upon and criticize like I, just, I don't get that I don't, I don't get how how that works and the thinking behind that it just I don't know man I'm it's, it. it's no it's 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 a valid point and the other point too is and I know a lot of people don't want to hear it but the Europeans um were as much, I mean, just your regular people, not your your kings and people with all the money and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. 
they were just as badly hosed and used by the imperial powers as everybody else. Mm-hmm. They were not immune. Um, hey, I want you did such a great thing for me, Lord such and such. I I think you should have some land. Oh, we don't have any left in England, but we've got a nice piece of Scotland. Oh, there are those pesky people on it. Well, yeah. we'll just move them to Northern Ireland, to Ulster. Mm-hmm. And two generations later, oh, uh, Lord, such and such, I need to reward you. But the only land that I have is over in Ulster. There's these pesky people over there. But no worry, we'll move them to the, to the New World so you can have the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of the Irish, uh, you know, people talk about the potato famine. In the West, the native Irish were systematically moved from the rest of the country to the West Coast, where the only thing they could pretty much grow was potatoes. Mm -hmm. And when the potato rot happened and it took the crop out, there was no famine. There was no famine. There was a genocide. It was starvation. There was plenty of food in Ireland, and it was being exported to England to be exported for money to other places and to feed the English. They let the Irish starve because that was one way to deal with them and get them off the land. Mm. So, yeah, this this stuff ain't new. <laughs> no, it's not new, and it I affects knew. all of us. It affects all of us, mm-hmm. and, yeah, we all are in it together. And yeah. I think that a lot – I think a lot of Euros um, need to remember uh, that we were at the bottom of the barrel, yep. and especially people over here. Most of us are not over here because our ancestors wanted to be here. I mean, they either they had to come over here or starve or be hanged. Mm. Terrible. So, yeah, and so, and and if you know that about your own people, how can you look down on anybody else? Come on, yeah, yes. Mm. We've we've all been hosed. <laughs> I hate to put it in a, in those terms, but we all have, and we need to have compassion for each other, and we need to respect and honor each other. And at the end of the day, we need to love each other. Well, amen to that. Amen to that. And and y'all know where that starts. It starts with yourself. Yep. <laughs> it's an inside job, and let it come on out. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, but real quick, um, Carol, before before we uh, start to wrap the show, um, you wanted to discuss the necessity for the integration of academic or scientific findings with metaphysical and spiritual practice. Can you speak on that briefly before we wrap? Sure. Um, again, it goes back to our culture. It goes back to the positivist viewpoint, which is mer- very materialistic. Mm-hmm. That is that anything that is not observable, measurable, predictable, or replicable doesn't exist. Uh, And so when we find something that lies outside the realm of physical existence, for example, the Marian apparitions come to mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have to be able to substantiate human anecdotal evidence with things that can be observed. In other words, we have to work with the phenomenon themselves. (laughs) There's not a lot of, of 
tools out there right now to do that. People are working on it. Some really smart people are working on it. But yeah, we we need to be able to connect a, a spiritual experience with a part of psychology um, dealing with the unconscious. This is what Jung did a lot um, so that it doesn't just can be blown off as something that is schizophrenic or temporary dissociation or, you know, an acute condition or epilepsy or anything like that. Does that make sense? Yep. Makes okay. perfect sense to me. Mm. Wow. You guys, we are, out, man, we are out of time for today. But before we go, Carol, please tell everybody how they can, can connect with you after the show. And what's what's next for you? Oh, what's next for me? Well, hopefully, like you, I'll get my coaching certificate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. Uh, okay. Um, because what I'm, I'm doing, offering is shamanic coaching, which incorporates, um, uh, pers- it integrates person-centered spirituality and um, elements of ancient practice and traditional healing, including shamanic journey, dream work, uh, personal mythology, uh, connection with nature, um, expressive arts, big part of it, and also recognition of um, the world beyond the material. And uh, I'll be doing selling, uh, not selling, that sounds awful, but I'll be offering programs. <laughs> I'll be selling some programs um, of um, that will include uh, like private coaching, shamanic coaching sessions mm-hmm. with the um, Finding the Phoenix Part 1 uh, course that's online on, the, on uh, the website for the Institute of Esoteric Psychology. And I'll be doing some online workshops so that people can actually learn how to journey uh, by doing it and using expressive arts and doing dream work exercises and all kinds of fun stuff. And what's that website again? It is uh, institute hyphen E as an elephant, P as in package dot com. Perfect. That sounds awesome and extremely deep, deep work and very interesting. I need to read up on more of that because it sounds very super interesting. Carol, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today and having this very important conversation with me today. And I thank you all for listening today. I really do hope that, um, you know, you were enlightened, if not informed, um, to, you know, just to make more informed decision about the spiritual practices you choose to partake. Um, share your thoughts about today's episode with me on Facebook and Instagram at Soul Healing with Roz. And if you need my support, of course, you can hit me up at rozkinkade.com. Y'all meet me back here next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 12 noon Pacific for another great episode. Until next time. Once again, thank you, Dr. Bouse, Dr. Carol James Bouse. Thank you, Ross. It was great. <laughs> you guys stay connected, vibrate as high as you can, and do the work. Keep doing the work. Much love, you guys. Bye. Thank you again for listening to Soul Healing Conversations. Please join Roz Kincaid again for another program next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next week.